The Chicago Bears are trying to find some stability around Hallis Hall after what was really a crazy couple of days that we're still all recovering from. And I can't help but feel like Ryan Poles and the organization has had to do a lot of being reactive and not spending enough time being proactive. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On the show today... We catch up on the Chicago Bears' response to everything that happened earlier this week with Alan Williams resigning abruptly and some wild rumors slash speculating and now some reporting, but not a lot of clear answers on what exactly is going on with him. We'll also hear from Luke Getze, sort of the response to what Justin Fields said about coaching and the offense and playing more loose and more free. And then we'll wrap up with how we would normally do a full Friday podcast on like what the Bears need to do in order to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But some bigger fish to fry here today on this Friday Fish Fry podcast. Uh, but And also, it's going to be hard to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This is one we don't, we're not going in with a lot of optimism for a Bears victory, but I think there is some wiggle room here to find some weaknesses on the defending Super Bowl champions. But let's start bigger picture here organizationally, right? A lot shaking this organization, this franchise, right? Not just the team, not just the players on the field, but across the coaching staff and the front office. So Ryan Poles, give him credit for, you know, not just hiding in the shadows and letting this one kind of blow over after a couple days, but coming out and holding a press conference that he wouldn't normally hold a press conference between week two and week three, but said, all right, there's a lot going on right now. We need... Uh, a solidifying force, a, a steadying voice, just sort of an organizational direction to try and get things back on track. And to his credit, like, I think he handled this well and, and gave off some real, like, confidence and stability that I think was needed. We have adversity right now. Um, slow start, 0-2, not where you want to be. Uh, we've dealt with life issues. We've dealt with injuries. Um, and that's all real, and that's a part of, of what we do and what we got to deal with. Um, the beautiful thing about our philosophy here, our organization, is we're solution-oriented. Um, we work together to find these solutions and solve our problems to get everything back on track. Um, to make it really, really clear, um, you know, I know the outside noise, but no one in our building's panicking. No one's flinching at any situations. Um, not our owner, not our president, not our head coach, not myself. None of our players, everyone's focusing on solving the issues that we have so that we can be a better football team. I don't know that I fully believe that 
no one flinched. And I mean, I don't know that anyone's like panicking per se, but certainly he says all the right things there, right? Like that is sort of the, hey guys, put out the fire, take a deep breath. Everything is okay. Everything is going to be fine. I like that he admits on the front end, like, yeah, we're dealing with some stuff right now. There's no denying that. And you gain nothing by trying to hide it or run away from it. And like, it's like, yeah, things haven't gone the way we wanted them to. And some additional things outside of our control have also gone wrong. And so I do give Ryan Poles credit for that. I just feel like organizationally, they haven't been very good at like getting out ahead of some of this stuff, specifically from like a public relations standpoint and from like an organizational messaging standpoint. Like certainly by putting Alan Williams on leave, I think that was one way of getting ahead of things, especially as, you know, we still, the Pat McAfee show has sort of said also reporting that Alan Williams' home was raided by the FBI. So there's some level of confirmation on that aspect of things, but it all still feels very speculative and a little bit uncertain because we're not getting the sort of bona fide, regular, highly credible, credentialed reporters reporting any of it yet. Because I think my, my theory is that because it's so scandalous, because it's so hellacious, because it's so, uh, you know, detrimental, you don't want to be wrong about this one. So you, there's no, you, you can't risk rushing in there and misreporting some things as it appears there were initially in the rumors and speculation and jeopardize your credibility as a reporter if you get this one wrong. So I think that's why we're seeing the Ian Rappaports and the Adam Schefters of the world sit this one out for now. And even like the the beat reporters on the beat, like we're not getting any reporting on this, not because they haven't heard what's going on, but because they need to let this one play out a little bit first before you can really go to print, if you will, with some of these things. But like, to me, it still feels like, you know, Matt Eberflus comes out in that press conference Wednesday morning and says, no comment, no comment, no comment, no update, no update, no update. And five hours later, Alan Williams resigns. Like, it just feels like, they haven't been able to like stay ahead of that. And same thing with like Fields, right? He has his press conference thing and then everything runs wild and Fields has to come back in and kind of walk some things back and be careful clarifying those things. And then of course, it's not until the next day that we hear from Ryan Poles and, and Luke Getzey to try and reverse things. Like it just feels like it's been a lot of like bad thing happens and then the Bears got to come back and be like, oh, hey, yeah, let's, let's, let's clean up what just the bad thing happened instead of like staying ahead of things and saying like, okay, Alan Williams is dealing with a personal issue and is away from the team. And, you know, like, we're not sure, like they, they could have gone, they could have given us more than no update, no comment, no update, no comment. He's gone. Oh, wow. He's gone. Wow. Uh, well, where did that come from? Oops. You know, and then let me walk that back a little bit. Like, I understand they can't comment on an active investigation, you know, if law enforcement is involved, but it just has felt to me a little bit like not able to get ahead of very many of these things, despite having some ability to do so and maybe not handling it perfectly well, but it's clear. The one trend you got to watch here with Alan Williams, you hear Ryan Poles, heard Matt Eberflus yesterday. We've heard everybody who's talked since then when asked about Alan Williams, all they say is, I don't have an update on the situation. I've got no comment. I'm not going to speak about that, right? Alan Williams resigned citing personal issues, family issues, health issues. If it were just family issues and health issues, don't you think Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, especially a coach who's coached with him for a long time, would say, hey, you know, we're going to miss Allen. We really wish him the best. We're praying for him. We're sad to lose him, but we know he's got to take care of his business and we respect that and, you know, we got to let him do his thing, but we're, we love him and we're still rooting for him, right? Like, wouldn't that be the normal thing if a coach 
resigned purely for family and health reasons during the season. There's definitely more to this. And I think a lot more is going to come out sooner rather than later. And it's hard to get much farther than that with what we know for sure right now. But the accusations behind the scenes are really bad and seem to be moving towards truer and truer the longer this goes. So it's a, it's a rough situation. But Ryan Poles trying to make sure that this this ship doesn't sink. It's just rocky a little bit right now. Some some from some troubled waters, but trying to hold things down with his press conference there. Luke Getze also trying to stabilize things offensively. Come to Justin Fields' defense a little bit. Come to his own defense a little bit and clarify some of the comments about what's going on with this quarterback and this offense. We'll hear what he had to say and again where we're buying some of it and not buying other parts of it. Next on Locked On Bears. The Lockdown Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the go-to place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They got flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. I was just looking ahead to the next Bears home game against the Broncos. I got tickets for as low as $138 on Game Time. Plus, you can get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem our promo code LOCKEDONNFL, and you're going to get $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. It's super handy, you know, when you're when you're about to get ready for dinner and you're like, oh man, I'm almost I'm almost out of this, you know, olive oil or whatever the thing is. I just need that one ingredient. I don't want to run to the store because the kids are at home. I don't want to pack up the car, get everybody run to the store to get that one item and come back to then make the ingredient. You know what I mean? DoorDash can just boom deliver it right to your door. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms apply. That's $50, or sorry, excuse me, 50% off up to $20 with no minimum subtitle and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter in our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. A lot of controversies the Chicago Bears were dealing with this week. It's hard to rank. I think when the Allen Williams details fully come out, that will certainly be the biggest controversy of the day. But for a while, the Justin Fields situation was the biggest controversy of the day when he comes out and seemingly calls out his coaching staff, maybe indirectly, but still is critical uh, and points to coaching as one of the reasons why he's struggling. Then hours later, holds a second mini press conference to walk back the comments and say, hey, you guys are taking me out of context, which I don't think is true. But, you know, wasn't calling out my coaches. It blames on me. You know, don't worry about it. Tries to correct the record. We, we went through that scenario yesterday on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, our bonus podcast yesterday, 
that was a, or that was, I guess it was a bonus podcast Wednesday night ahead of our crossover Thursday podcast. We, we've, we've, it's been a busy week and it's been tough to keep things straight. Even on that bonus podcast, I kept calling Braxton Jones, Larry Borum, and all of you in the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel comments, you made sure to let me know. I appreciate you guys keeping me on my toes. Braxton Jones, not Larry Borum. I know. I was only thinking about 15 different things that happened that day and four different podcasts that I was on. So I apologize for mixing up Braxton Jones and Larry Borum a few different times during that show. Also a really big thing that happened on Wednesday that can kind of overlooked by the field stuff and the, and the Alan Williams stuff. But Thursday, we got to hear from Luke Getze, kind of get the other side of the Justin Fields offensive equation. And, you know, I, I don't know. I found myself a little bit, I don't want to say disappointed because I, I didn't necessarily change my, I, I was probably not expecting, I should have expected more, you know, but like, I don't know. I was hoping for, for Luke Getze to come out and say, hey, you know, he's right. We got to do more to get him going. We got to change some things up and we got to make this work. But I shouldn't have necessarily expected him to just outright say that, even if they may end up doing some of those kind of things. But here's, here's what he said instead when he was asked about, you know, why Justin Fields is saying he's playing robotic a little bit and says, you know, maybe he's getting too much coaching and you know, kind of in his head a little bit and not playing fast and loose. You no, know, I think the, I think as we talk about his evolution, he's, he's, he's becoming, you know, an NFL quarterback. And I think that part of it, um, that experience and that style of play, uh, you know, I think he, he was, he, you know, there's a few plays in the game that he wishes he had different reactions. And I think he, re you know, he refers to them as instincts and letting his instincts take over. Right. And that is real. That is what his, he has special talents. He has special instincts. And I think at the same time, when you, uh, you want to throw a route. I you know the, the one play that everyone kind of talks about DJ kind of clapping on the backside or whatever, because he was stuck on moon, right? He wanted, he wanted to throw that sail route to moon and moon got disrupted because he was pressed. And so he was trying to give him an extra hitch and then it just ended up taking a little bit too long. And so that's part of their evolution. Like, you know, you give him a hitch, you think he's going to win. You maybe give him one more and then it's time to move on. And whether that's moving on in your progression or whether that's moving on with your feet, the protection was pretty good until the very, in, until he took a few too many hitches. Um, and those are type, those are the types of plays that we got to continue to get better at. We're, we work on them every single day here. We're working on pocket presence. We're working on those situations when it's time to go and when it's time to progress. So that's the evolution of a quarterback. I think what Luke Getzey's saying there makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, Fields is learning. Fields is growing. And this is part of that process. Making mistakes is part of that process. And, you know, going through them, seeing things that you thought you might want to do differently and then trying to correct them in the future is how, as he said three different times, he goes through the evolution of a quarterback. Literally three different times in that, what, minute and 20 second clip or however long that was. Evolution of a quarterback. And that's all fine and good and, and true to some degree. But I think the context that's missing there a little bit and I think was missing throughout Getzi's press conference, even in other clips, is like, this is year three for Justin Fields, right? That's all good and well and part of the quarterback evolution, when you're a rookie and even in your second season, perhaps. And I'm even still willing to say like, yeah, he doesn't need to be a perfect quarterback, right? He doesn't need to be everything figured out in year three. But like the context here is like, you're running out of time, right? This evolution is going too slowly. And the slower that this evolution goes, the less confident you are that he's actually going to evolve and that it's actually, you're actually going to see that progress and not just keep seeing signs of being close. You know, you're being close. You put it together occasionally, but putting it together more consistently is the hard part. And again, it feels like the later you go, the longer you go through this, the less likely it is that you're going to be able to all of a sudden have it all click when you've been doing it for three seasons worth 
uh, of time. And I think that's sort of the missing component here from Getsy. The other, the other side of this too is like the, you were, you spent the whole off season. Well, first of all, you had all last year. And then also, of course, then the whole off season, mini camp, OTAs, training camp, and limited amounts of preseason to figure this out. And and now all of a sudden we sort of move the goalposts here. And we, we heard Luke Getze, we heard Ryan Poles talk about it too. It's like, well, you know, even the preseason's not really like real football action. You know, like it doesn't quite seem like regular, regular season. Sometimes you got to go against a real pass rush and a real opponent with real stakes in order to start to see this stuff. And like, yeah, that's true. And I, I've, I've, I've made that point before on the podcast about some things, but it's not like this is happening to everybody. I mean, we are seeing some sloppy offense around the league, right? It's not like everyone comes out week one and is totally crisp, but like other teams have figured it out sooner. You know, other teams are not making all these same mistakes. Other teams that have had new offensive coordinators, new receivers, more turnover than the Bears have. You know, Baker Mayfield's in his first season with the Buccaneers, new offensive coordinator there. That's been a pretty quick adjustment. They're, he's the best quarterback on third down in the NFL, right? You're not hearing them giving these sort of excuses of like, oh, well, you know, it's the it's the development of a quarterback and he's got, you know, brand new pieces and new receivers. And like, yeah, if the Buccaneers were 0-2, we probably understand that because it is all new for them. The Bears don't have that excuse. Their excuse is that Fields is young. I mean, he's in year three, but like DJ Moore is new. Yes, Chase Claypool is new-ish, but like it's the same offense. It's a lot of same offensive line men, same tight end, some of the same receivers, same coordinator, same quarterback, same running backs, some of them. Like it's, they don't have the same sort of like, yeah, be patient excuses. Like, we're running out of patience. That's why this criticism is there. There's the, 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 the time for patience and benefit of the doubt and I'll give them time. Like that was last year and maybe even week one. I was trying to, you know, I'll give you week one first game. Sometimes you stumble out of the gate a little bit, but like two weeks in a row and it's probably gonna be three weeks ago in a row against a really good Chiefs defense. At some point, like you can't just say it's part of the uh, the evolution process because uh, it doesn't feel like the evolution process is happening enough. And that's, that's where it becomes a frustration that, Again, you can you can say all the right things, but without that context of like, well, yeah, but the timeline and where they are and this team, it it loses some of its power there and doesn't feel very like very satisfying as a potential answer there. It's not going to feel satisfying against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. I mean, there's always a chance in the NFL any given Sunday, but there's a reason they're 12 and a half point underdogs on FanDuel right now. We'll look for reasons, though. If the Bears are going to pull up the upset of the season with everything going wrong and band together and find a way to win, we'll look for some of the areas where they might be able to do so next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports. Because at Prize Picks, you're in complete control of your success or failure. You pick two to six players and you decide whether they will perform above or below their prize picks projections. And if you can get your prize picks right, you're going to win up to 25 times your money. So like right now, Justin Fields' prize pick projection is 171 and a half passing yards. If you pick him and whether he will go above or below that projection, plus you pair him with one to five other players, that's how you can win big. You're not relying on your lineup to beat somebody else's lineups. It's just you versus the house. It really is a lot of fun. It's a great way to get started in daily fantasy football if you haven't done it before. So head on over to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra $100 added to your deposit to play with at prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL, promo code LockedOnNFL. 
prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. There's not going to be an easy way to slow down and take down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. As we heard on yesterday's Crossover Thursday podcast, these aren't your, I was going to say, these aren't your father's Chiefs or these aren't your grandfather's Chiefs, but like these aren't your two years ago Chiefs, right? Or last year's Chiefs. You know, these aren't your 2022 Chiefs. They're struggling a little bit. They're 2 0, or no, they're 1 1, but like they're, you know, they won, they beat the Jaguars last week, a, a playoff team, and they were tight with the Lions, but they've been sloppy offensively. I mean, we saw in week one, a dropped pass through Kadarius Tony's hands that ended up being a pick six the other direction. You know, they were without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones in week one. They've had a bunch of penalties that have gotten them into third and long situations on offense. They've got receivers running the wrong routes to the wrong spots. A lot of things that are similar to what we're seeing with the Bears offense. Just the difference being they've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to make up for it. Well, the Bears have Justin Fields and and DJ Moore. I mean, sure, it's you know, it's no no chopped liver, but it's it's not Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And so that's where that's where you're scared, right? Like the good news is through two games, they've scored 20 points and 17 points against the Lions and the Jaguars, who like they're not bad defenses by any means, but I don't think of them either one as like elite defenses. The Lions, I think, are bottom third of the league this year so far in defense. And the Jaguars, I think, are a little bit higher up on that. But it's not like Patrick Mahomes is going out there and putting 40 points on every team that he plays because they don't have wide receivers. Kadarius Tony's hurt this week. Another one of their receivers is hurt. I think uh, Richie James is also hurt this week. Isaiah Pacheco, their running back, was limited at practice and missed Wednesday's practice. Like, they don't have weapons for Patrick Mahomes right now. And their offensive line is iffy. You know, the big free agent signing, Juwan Taylor, got benched during one of the previous games. Came back in, but, like, was temporarily benched because of penalties and other mistakes he kept making. So, like, that offense is messy. Not Lionel Messi. Like, dirty messy. And... That bodes well for a Bears defense that is trying to trying to find its footing. I mean, the Chiefs also look at this Bears defense and say, our offense is going to be able to figure it out against this defense. But like in theory, it's not like it's a well-oiled Chiefs offense coming in ready to just light up this Bears defense. They might still, but it's not like they're they're really killing it right now. The Chiefs defense is weirdly the stronger unit. I never thought I'd see a Patrick Mahomes-led team where the defense is better than the offense right now. Could that have anything to do with offensive coordinator Matt Nagy? You be the judge. But Steve Spagnuolo, as a defensive coordinator, loves to get after young quarterbacks and throw a lot of different things in Justin Fields' face. So you're going to have to be careful with, with what he's going to do with the fronts, with the blitzing, with moving different guys around. Like we talked with yesterday with Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs. They've been moving, at least last week and, and sort of the preseason and stuff, they've been moving Chris Jones around. So he's not just purely lining up at the three-technique pass rushing spot, but they'll play him at the end, they'll play him at the nose, up and down the defensive line to try and find that matchup that they like. So we could see Chris Jones against Larry Borum at left tackle or Darnell Wright at right tackle to find an advantage at one of those spots. Or maybe it's Lucas Patrick at center. I mean, wherever they want to put him, I think they're going to put him in a bunch of different spots, make the Bears adjust their protections, adjust their protections, call out where the blitzes are supposed to be coming from, guys blitzing from different areas, guys dropping back. It's going to be a mind game with Justin Fields. We saw this team generally handle that pretty well with Todd Bowles last week. So I think there's some... I dare I say optimism with the Bears offense? I don't know. That might be too strong. But, you know, like there's some feeling of like maybe it won't be a complete disaster. Maybe, just maybe. If you can keep tabs on Travis Kelsey, really curious to see if Tremaine Edmonds can kind of keep up with him every time he's working over the middle of the field because the middle of the field was way too open for Jordan Love in week one. You need the likes of Brisker and Tremaine Edmonds to step up. You're also going to need, you know, your offensive line to keep tabs on Chris Jones at all times and double team him. You know, the rest of their defensive line doesn't scare you a ton, 
you know, the George Karloftis of the world, the Mike Dana's, like, sure, there's some threat there. They're not nobodies, but it's just like they're not elite, you know, scary pass rushers that are going to really, you know, threaten you a ton. You know, their secondary is not full of household names by any means. Like, it's it's as vulnerable of a Chiefs team as we've seen in some time. Like, there's there's real opportunity here. It's just the Bears are at rock bottom organizationally right now. Like, it's hard for things to get worse. So it's not the it's the worst time to be playing the Chiefs for the, from the Bears' perspective, but also the best time to be playing the Chiefs from the Chiefs' perspective. So, you know, there's there's room here, right? There's wiggle room here. If if the Chiefs can continue to beat themselves with penalties and continue to have turnovers, even if it's not like bad decisions by Mahomes, but a strip sack from Unique Ngakwe, a dropped pass by a receiver that gets picked off, uh, a batted pass to the line of scrimmage that gets picked off, a muffed punt, a blocked field goal, you know, turnovers that can give the Bears an extra edge there. And if the Bears can band together and say, all right, Everything's going crazy around here. Bring it, bring it, bring it, have it bring us closer together and not pull us farther apart. Band together, figure their stuff out and play for each other with everything going on to try and just, you know, find some motivation that way. And if the Bears can then stop having all the penalties, stop turning the ball over, if they can put Justin Fields in better positions. And if Justin Fields can trust his eyes and his arm again, build that confidence back up, like you can start to talk yourself into the Bears being a, a sneaky team to at least cover the 12 and a half point spread maybe you know like you can can you talk yourself into this not being a blowout because on paper heading into you know like week two or and even after week one like this was gearing up to be a big blowout and it could still be a big blowout but it does feel like there's like a path here to not get blown out like is that is that is that a fair level of optimism that we can take the optimism is not bears are going to pull off the upset just you watch they're going to pull off the upset the optimism is Hey, I, I don't, maybe they won't get blown out. <laughs> I think that's where we're at season wise. I think not that you can, I'm not, I'm not going to say a moral victory thing, but you can take small solace in like, Hey, maybe they won't get blown out. And if they can be respectable, maybe against the chiefs team, it's still going to be Owen three. Most likely there's, I don't know. There's much getting around that, but could it be a better version of Owen three than getting absolutely wiped to the floor and hitting some, some further, f- further down rock bottom that we didn't even anticipate. That's where I think we can, we can look for, Again, call it optimism, call it wishful thinking, whatever it is. There's always still room for that. We always hear on the podcast, try and find, you know, some ways to give you something to watch for, even when hope is low, even when, you know, despair is high and when the team is giving you nothing to feel good about. We always look for something. We always try and leave you with, you know, we're, we're never going to be the rose-colored goggles, Homer, overly positive fanboys here. This is not a fanboy podcast. If you've been listening to me for the last seven years, we've been doing this podcast, you will never find this to be a fanboy podcast. But I never want to be the all negative all the time podcast either. I always strive to, first of all, never see things as black and white, but then also like have nuance here and understand things are both good and bad at the same time. And it can be more than one thing. And that's where I'm looking at now, right? Things are really bad. There are still reasons why you can find not only reasons to tune in, but just reasons for hope or optimism where maybe things could go well. And you know what? We've seen crazier things in the NFL. No matter what craziness happens, you can be sure. We'll break it all down for you right here on the podcast on Monday. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really appreciate all of you who make Locked On Bears your first listen each and every day. And in exchange, you know I'm always going to give you an opportunity 
to bear down.